Welcome to Master Your Relationship Mind Drama. Teaching you how to manage your mind so that you can create relationships you love. And now, here's your host, certified relationship coach and expert in all things love, friendship and mind drama, Rebecca Orr. Hi guys, how is everybody doing? I hope you all had a great Christmas and New Year with all your friends and family. And I don't know about you, but my brain has taken some adjusting to being back at work this week. And I really wanted to say that for those of you that feel that sense of dread when you know you have to come back to work, anything my brain is told it has to do, I can guarantee it'll kick up a force about actually having to do it. So if that's your experience this week, be patient with yourself and your brain. And another thing I like to do is talk to my brain sometimes like it's a fussy toddler or a child. (laughs) Like, okay, brain, I know, I hear you, there, there. (laughs) I know you would rather open more chocolates and lay on the sofa watching Netflix, but that is not what we're doing today. (laughs) Anyway, the topic I have for you this week is scary what-if thoughts and how to handle them. So I'm sure everybody listening to this can really relate in one way or another. Our brains love to throw out these scary questions sometimes. You know, what if this happens? Or what if they do this? Or what if this happens? What then? And it can lead us to spiral in anxiety and feel all kinds of negative emotion even when the scary thing hasn't even happened yet and may not even happen. And the truth is, life is uncertain. We never know what kinds of circumstances are going to land in our laps to deal with. We never know for sure what our partners or friends will do or say, or what events will take place in the world, like COVID. None of us saw COVID coming. And I think the pandemic is actually a really good example of just how uncertain life really is. And while the uncertainty of life can seem very scary to most of us, especially those of us with particularly anxious minds, it actually doesn't need to be. Whatever that scary what if thought is that's running through your brain, what you're actually afraid of isn't that thing happening. It's how you will think and feel if it does. It's the emotional experience your brain is predicting that you will have. That is what you're most afraid of. So I'm going to repeat that because it's really important. Whatever the scary what if is that's running through your brain, what you're actually afraid of isn't that thing happening. It's how you will think and feel if it does happen. It's the emotional experience your brain is predicting that you will have. And your emotional experience is created, of course, by what you would be thinking if it did happen, your thoughts. So for example, if your partner chooses to leave you, your brain predicts you will feel negative emotion, perhaps hurt, sadness, grief, regret. And let's face it, we don't want to not feel negative emotion, some form of negativity in these kinds of circumstances. If someone we love decides to leave our life, we likely don't want to be happy about that. We don't want to be robots who don't care and feel neutral about everything that happens in our lives. But the anxiety and suffering we feel ahead of these kinds of situations potentially happening comes from our resistance to feeling negative emotion. 
We don't want to go through the experience of the grief, sadness, of missing them, whatever it is. And so our minds become obsessed with it. Will it happen or not? Looking out for all the signs because it's so afraid of if it does happen, having to feel that emotional pain. And there's two types of emotional pain to consider with any scary what if scenario. There's what we call the clean pain, which is the negative emotion we probably want to feel if that situation happens. It's the negative emotion we would intentionally choose. So for example, if your partner cheats on you, you probably want to feel disappointed and sad, maybe hurt. If someone you love passes away, you want to feel grief. If your friend moves away, you probably want to miss them. But then there's what we call dirty pain, which is the pain that probably isn't what we intentionally want to create. And it's actually the additional unnecessary suffering we attach to the situation by firstly, making the circumstance mean something about us and our worth and value. Or secondly, making the circumstance mean something about our future. Or finally, maybe by resisting the reality of the situation, telling ourselves it shouldn't have happened and resisting the fact that it has happened. These three things are examples of dirty pain and they create so much additional emotional pain on top of the clean pain we intentionally want to feel about the circumstance. So for example, again, using the example of your partner cheating, your brain may create dirty pain by making it mean something about you, that you're not attractive or good enough in some way, or making it mean something about your future that you'll never be able to trust again or create another amazing relationship or connect with someone else on the same level. And whether it's clean or dirty pain, it's still all created in your brain and by your thoughts. But often with my clients, when we coach on their scary what-if thoughts, it's actually the dirty pain that they're most resistant to. The thing that keeps them up at night, spiraling and worrying is the belief that if that thing happens, it's going to mean something about them or their future happiness. And the best news ever is that it's all totally made up and totally optional. Making the actions of others mean something about your worth and value and how good enough you are, or your capacity to create another amazing relationship with somebody else perhaps, is totally optional. And whatever the situation is that you're afraid of happening, I want you to really imagine the emotion you're most afraid to experience. What is it? Is it shame? Is it fear? Is it anxiety? Is it sadness? Grief? And I want you to consider, have you ever felt it before? Do you remember what it felt like in the past to feel that emotion in your body? Because this is the most important thing to let kind of blow your mind. What you're most afraid of is the experience of a mix of sensations in your body. You're afraid of the sensations of that emotion being in your body. And I'm going to repeat that because it's super important. Whatever you're afraid of is the experience of a mix of sensations in your body. But what if you knew you could totally handle those sensations? It's crazy how we create negative emotional sensations in our bodies today out of fear of feeling negative emotional sensations in our bodies tomorrow. It's like we're anxious and feeling negative ahead of time. 
And that's all those emotions are, sensations in your body. Sadness, grief, shame, they're sensations that will happen in your body that you can totally handle. Nobody has ever died from feeling a negative emotion. And if you're not in the habit of processing and allowing your emotion, what you're actually thinking is the experience of those emotions is likely the experience of what it feels like to resist them. So you may think you know what sadness feels like. You remember what it felt like the last time you got broken up with or cheated on. But if you're in the habit of resisting sadness when it comes up and not allowing it, and that's probably what you did the last time you felt it, what you're actually remembering is the experience of what it feels like to resist sadness, which will always be 10 times worse than the sadness itself. Because whatever we resist intensifies. And that is so true of emotions. If you push down your negative emotions and resist the sensations of them, they intensify and grow. So this is really important. And if you're kind of resonating with what I'm saying and you need help learning how to process and really feel the sensations of your emotions without intensifying them, head to my podcast episode called How to Handle Your Anxiety. It's episode five. And it's all about processing our emotions, not just anxiety, all negative emotions. And I also offer a free processing emotion meditation. So if you head to my Instagram at Rebecca or coaching or spelt O-R-E and click the link in my bio, you'll find it listed there. So let me tell you a way that usually does not work when we're trying to handle our scary what if scenarios. People often try to combat these scary thoughts by convincing themselves that the thing won't ever happen. Say their scary what if thought was, what if my partner meets someone at work and decides to leave me? They try to convince themselves that that thing won't happen. They tell themselves it probably won't happen because my partner seems to really love me and most of the girls that they work with are married anyway and so on. And sometimes that does the job and that works, which is great. If if it works, then amazing. But often convincing yourself that the scary thing won't happen actually doesn't work. And that's because if there's a 1% chance that that thing could happen, your brain is unlikely to just let it go and be at peace with it. It'll probably be like a dog with a bone about it and keep coming back to you with, yes, but it might happen. (laughs) They might meet somebody else at work. They might leave us. And your brain is actually totally right about that. It might happen. We don't know. Humans have free will and your partner could choose to leave you. Your brain isn't wrong when it says that might happen. So what's a better way for managing your mind around these scary what-if thoughts? It's actually to pinpoint exactly what the experience is you're most afraid to go through if it happened. What is the emotion you're most afraid of? What thoughts would create that emotion? What would you be thinking when you were feeling that way? What would you be making that thing happening mean about you or for you and your future? Whatever your answer is, that is what you're most afraid of. Maybe your brain predicts if they met someone else at work, it would mean you're not attractive or fun enough and that nobody else would want to be with you. Or maybe it tells you you're too old to meet somebody new. So if this person left you, you would have to be alone forever. Whatever it is, it's important that you really get clear on the specific thoughts your brain is choosing about this potential event. Most of us don't want to even go there. We don't want to think about it. It feels too scary. 
our brains prefer to take us up to the door and say, careful, there's something scary behind that, but not actually let us open the door and look at what it is. So you need to really be willing to open that door and look behind it. What would be so bad about that circumstance happening? Allow yourself to go there in your mind. Be willing to really explore and understand yourself and your brain on a deeper level. What would be the thoughts and feelings you'd be scared to experience if that thing happened? You'll be able to recognize if what you're most afraid of is clean pain, as in the thoughts and feelings you would want to intentionally choose to have if this thing happened, or whether it's dirty pain, the unintentional thoughts and emotions you don't want to choose intentionally. It might be that you're actually most afraid to experience the clean pain. You don't want to experience sadness or grief. If so, ask yourself why. Why don't you want to go through those emotions? What's so scary about them? It's likely you have some dirty pain or unintentional thought about your ability to handle negative emotions. Perhaps you think you wouldn't survive them, that you couldn't get through them, that you wouldn't be strong enough. But what if you were actually wrong about that? What if you could feel those sensations in your body and totally handle them and survive them? Consider, what would they actually feel like in your body? If this is you, again, head to the processing emotions meditation that I mentioned earlier, and I recommend really working on building up your trust in yourself to feel and experience negative emotion, which will involve you really sitting and feeling the sensations of all your negative emotions instead of doing what you are likely doing now which is probably avoiding them numbing them with alcohol food or netflix or resisting them and pushing them down i also give my clients an exercise called and then (laughs) and the exercise is to write down the scary thing so my partner might one day choose to leave me And then write down the words, and then, and consider how you're currently finishing that sentence. So does your sentence read, my partner might one day choose to leave me, and then it'll mean I'm not attractive or good enough and I'll never meet anybody else. Or that you'll have to feel shame and embarrassment. Get curious and try writing down your own and then sentence. Because whatever the end of that and then is, is totally up for you to decide. Right now, your scared default brain is choosing for you. And it's choosing to make it mean something terrible about you or your future. But just because that's the thought your brain has chosen doesn't make them true and doesn't make them the only way of responding to and thinking about that circumstance. Whatever the thought is your brain has about what it would mean, question it. Imagine that you're a detective interrogating a suspect. Look at the thoughts through an objective lens. Is that really true? Why am I believing that that would be true? What else could be true here that I've not considered? What else could I make this circumstance mean about me or about my future? What would I want to intentionally think and feel if this happened, if I could choose? Whatever the thought is, it might be shining a light on a limiting belief you have about yourself, that you're less than or not good enough in some way. 
And this is where coaching and learning to question your default beliefs can be so powerful because it's no wonder your brain is so terrified of this scary thing happening if your entire worth and value or your future success in relationships or whatever it might be is riding on it, if that's all at stake. But what if that scary thing could happen and you could choose to have your own back and be kind to yourself? What would someone who wasn't making it mean those terrible things be thinking? What would they make it mean? How might they think about it in a way that had their own back and was loving and kind towards themselves and hopeful for the future? Another tool I teach my clients is called the Thought Ladder and it's used to help us shift from one belief to another through neutral, believable thought shifts. So rather than trying to go from, if they break up with me, it will mean I wasn't good enough to, if they break up with me, it will mean nothing about me because that's likely too much of a leap. You likely don't believe that thought. And this is really important that when we choose new thoughts to think, they have to be thoughts you can actually believe. Or it's about as useful as me saying, I'm an alien from Mars (laughs) to myself each morning. It's not gonna do anything in my brain. So rather than trying to jump from a negative interpretation to a super positive one, you can try and find something in between that's a step in the right direction and feels a little bit better. Perhaps something like, there are good, valuable people being broken up with all over the world. Or, it's possible I can believe there's valuable things about me, even if my partner one day chooses somebody else. Or, I'm open to believing that I don't have to make my partner's choices mean I'm not good enough or valuable as a person. Or, you know, it's possible even if my partner broke up with me, I could find somebody else to create an amazing relationship with. Remember, you have to play around with your own ladder thoughts and find ones that feel good to you because what resonates in my brain and feels good to me might not be the same in yours. And if it doesn't feel true and believable to you, it will have zero impact. So once you have your ladder thoughts, you need to commit to practicing them intentionally over and over. Think of this like doing reps at the gym. You don't lift the weights once and expect to have muscles. (laughs) You have to lift them repeatedly. And it's the same with practicing new thoughts. You have to repeatedly practice thinking them for them to create a neural pathway in your brain and become default thoughts. If you wrote down an and then statement earlier in the episode, I want you to just return to it and rewrite it. This time choosing intentionally how you would want to think and feel and respond to that situation if it happened. What would you intentionally want to make it mean about you? What would you want to make it mean about your future? How would you want to show up and act in that situation if it happened? How would you want to show up for yourself and speak to yourself? Because while we can't control whether that thing happened, you can control what you choose to make it mean and how you show up to deal with it. And this is how we create self-certainty, by trusting and being certain in our ability to handle whatever situations come our way. What if you were willing to feel the negative emotions that life throws at you and trusted your ability to handle them and knew that whatever happened, you would always be kind and compassionate to yourself and have your own back and never make circumstances mean something about your worth and value. If this is blowing your mind a little, you are in luck because doors to my 12-week group coaching program opened last night and there are limited spaces available. 
So if you head to the episode description, I've inserted a link to the page that gives you all the details about the program and what's involved, as well as a link to sign up. Right now, there's a 10% off offer running that will end at 7pm tonight, UK time. So don't miss out on that. I'm assuming that you are listening to this Friday daytime. A lot of you won't be. If you're not, my apologies. You may have already missed the discount. (laughs) But anyway, the group coaching programs are always so much fun and everyone always gets so much out of seeing other people with brains just like theirs be coached and going through the journey with a group of other people that they can relate to. Plus, you will have plenty of opportunities to be coached yourself as it's a small group program. You'll be in a group of no more than 10 people. And I've also thrown in a free one-on-one session with me each month of the program. So that's three one-on-ones with me in total that you'll get across the 12 weeks. So it's the perfect balance of group plus one-on-one attention. I am so excited. I absolutely love my group coaching program. And if you've already signed up, I can't wait for us to get started. We get started on the last week of January. Okay, that's all I have for you today, guys. Have an amazing weekend and I will see you next week. If you're loving this podcast, you can also hang out with Rebecca on Instagram and TikTok at Rebecca or Coaching. Don't forget to sign up to her email list for exclusive freebies and for more information on her one-to-one and group coaching programs. 